Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 154 with my friend, Emily. Emily is joining us again from episode 52 to catch up on things that have been going on. So if you want to go listen to 52 first, you can do that and get some surprises. Otherwise, here's my friend, Emily. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? I am like so nervous. You're nervous? I'm very nervous. Well, no, because it's just the content of it all. It's yeah. like, even like he doesn't want me to post. He doesn't want to like air the episode from last time because I discussed like, I'm pretty sure I discussed the divorce, right? Yeah, I talked about it in there. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't get to like, he's never wanted me to talk about my life online ever. That's always been something he's never yeah, wanted me to always. share my stories. He's never wanted me to talk about like my truth. And it's like, it's a protective thing for him. Yeah. Very um, much just yeah. not wanting, the, the anxiety comes from, People the reason I've not never everybody sh- likes to share stuff. Well, right. And if you're part of the life of <laughs> that, someone's like, sharing. It's, it's difficult. It's got to be tough, right? Yeah. Um. And you, I mean, that's... but I feel like I was. Res- I feel like I've been respectful every time I've discussed it. But it's also like me not being true to myself if I'm not authentic in like the reasons why. Because I am at a point where I'm ready to start talking about everything, like not just the relationship stuff, just yeah. like my life in general, my upbringing, my parents, like. My experiences in life. I well, that's like sort of what I'm thinking. I'm like, I just feel like compiling things in a way where I can just talk freely is scary. But I am at a point where I'm hoping to do that most likely after the divorce is final, just because I don't know. I don't want to have any opinions, (laughs) any external chit chat. Where does that sit? Oh my God, Justin! It's like there's too much. Every time I talk to someone, there's just too well, much. Well, let's to let's go over. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, let's get a baseline. <laughs> Hi. Hello. How Hi. are you? Good. I'm it's so good glad to you're you. here. It's good to see you. How how are you? Just oh my realistically gosh. right now. How are you? Oh, it's such a loaded answer. Good. Good. Overwhelmed. Emotional. It's very nuanced. I'm experiencing deep duality right now, to be honest with you. Okay. So there's a deep happiness and excitement, and there's also a deep sort of grief that I'm experiencing. Yeah. yeah. Something new means the loss of something old. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's a loss that I've been <sighs> discussing for a long time. It's been exactly two years this month that I first asked for a divorce, and we found out we were pregnant <laughs> that month. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then I filed for divorce earlier this year, as you know, so lots of duality, but there's a certainty that I haven't felt. I felt certain about it last time, but I obviously canceled it. So there was still that hope that perhaps things could work. So yeah, like I'm good. I feel the most aligned that I've ever felt in the last seven years. I... I feel like I'm on the trajectory of my soul's path. Mm-hmm. I feel very aligned with everything that's happening, despite. What is, can you define alignment for me? Alignment for me, um, I feel like I'm starting to really step into making decisions that aren't self-betraying. 
and the stars are aligning for me. Like making the decision to actually step away from this relationship that is making me sad. Yeah. And not that your relationship is supposed to be the source of your happiness, but as I'm sure we'll discuss, there's a deep loneliness that's been present from the beginning. And making that decision, and, and I feel like in a way getting rid of so much of our stuff energetically cleared a lot out for me selling that house in the spring and moving to florida with the intention of it sort of being a clean slate we're going to really give this a shot and then really quickly realizing this is just not going to work and during all of that literally feeling the mission to my soul formulating in a way that was so tangible all of a sudden it didn't feel like it was out of reach with which is the nonprofit, right i started working on that and all of these little things along the way have just been working out like little alignments everywhere and i feel in my energetic self my intuitive self I'm stepping away from something I know I should have stepped away from so long ago, so yeah. long ago. My body has known, my, my, my physical body has known for so long, and my mind wasn't ready to admit all of the reasons I made the decisions that I did yeah. until recently. Do you want to get into those reasons? Well, yeah, and I talk about, you know, when I was 20, I was 23 when I met him, and it was dysfunctional. The way that it was born was dysfunctional because there was so much manipulation that happened behind the scenes that led to the decisions that all parties made. Yeah. Um, And so it's just one of those things. And there was a lot of intensity with the beginning of our relationship that was very much i'll use the term love bombing but like he never stopped it was like it was like very hot and heavy but he never like turned into someone else you know what i mean i'm Um, curious about that because that sentence to me says i'm going to show you who i am and this is who i am and then most people you know then that changes, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, that wasn't who you were. But now you're telling me like it didn't change. It didn't. No, so, he is who he is. He's exactly the same person that I met. <laughs> but, and then, but that ended up being a bad thing well, for you. For me, long term, very bad. Okay. <laughs> um, Do you get where I was like, not, I don't want to say confused, but it's funny because it kind of laughs in the face of the traditional story of like oh i thought he was this person in the beginning and then it turns out he was someone else <laughs> and that's the typical story I, I, not <laughs> i thought he was this person in the beginning and he kept being that person that's usually what people dream of do you understand like i get that <laughs> i get that and i think that had i not been 23 and looking for safety and to be chosen i wouldn't have stayed with him and i think okay. that's where i'm at now is recognizing <laughs> the reasons i was so drawn to the safety of his consistency, his consistent happiness. He's the most joyful person. He doesn't feel any other like emotions. And I'm sure he argues that he feels them. He doesn't, we don't discuss them. Like there's, I've never seen him cry. Yeah. Like when I filed for divorce in the winter, he like laughed in my face. (laughs) And it was very much like, I don't believe that this is gonna happen and um, I'm sure an aspect of 
denial, but like he wasn't sad about it. Like there was no sadness. There was no emotion at all. It was pretty much like, you're not going to go through with this. And then I didn't go through with it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, but I guess my point in all of that and saying that he's the same person is I have changed and I have recognized and I don't even know that I can say the word I've changed without reiterating the fact that I've also grown up like it's from age 23 to age 30 is a huge transition even just your brain development growth period so um and he's 10 years old older than I am. He already did. So he did that. So he met me and he's like, she's the one, right? Like, yeah. I mean that I think probably plays into that idea of loneliness Mm -hmm. because you're kind of on this journey that just life provides Mm -hmm. and you're kind of doing it alone because the person you're with has already gone through that journey. Sure. And that, and that connection that I desperately need that emotional intimacy that we can talk for hours and like you make eye contact with me and I feel an intimate relationship with my spouse is just not there and I'm grateful that we're at a point now where he really understood like he understood we, we this is like the loneliness and the communication and stuff has been an issue since before we even got married like we were in therapy for a long time yeah. and I wanted it to work because this, and let me just say this, I, I was never in love with, with him. I was never in love with him and I've never been able to admit that until very recently because I think it made me feel like a bad person, but I look back and I've, I love him. I love him deeply. I've always loved him, but I was never in love with him. I was, there was never that feeling i guess that typically would be there you know what i mean and there was always a resistance in the back of my mind i mean on my wedding day at the altar did i say that Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i it's there's just so many things that i had ignored my intuition and ignored that little voice in my head Mm -hmm. because i thought it was my trauma preventing me from feeling those proper feelings in a in a quote unquote picture perfect relationship which is on paper our relationship looks great and ideal and in practice it's also really great and ideal except there's this huge missing missing chunk right and I deserve to feel emotionally and intimately connected with my my husband yeah um so here's what here's what I'm gonna do go for it (laughs) uh there's I mean God, there's like nine different directions I want to go. I know. So I'll try I know. to. I'll try to. I'm like, what do I need to offer you? I will we try to like... cohesively do this. You just need to be <laughs> present. Um, so there's a quote that you said that I wrote down because, and it, you kind of underlined it, so to speak, with what you just said. But um, I found myself in motherhood, but I got lost in my marriage, or I lost myself in marriage. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that's um, going to make me tear up. It's your own quote. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, and it's, I mean, it sounds like you're kind of saying that again mm-hmm. in a more realized way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I um, I went out with my girlfriend last night and 
I'm just going to repeat sort of what I said to her because it's very relevant. It's very much there has been no growth in seven years. So it's been stagnant. Like we haven't grown as people together or individually. And I feel like I was the worst version of myself with him. I feel like we brought out our shadow sides of each other. So you don't think you've grown at all in seven years? I, I don't. I don't think that I have, I, I have grown personally, like emotionally, I definitely have grown. I don't feel that I've accomplished much in terms okay. of, like we don't do projects together. We don't have hobbies together. We're not like, yeah. we, we don't have shared visions for our future. We don't have the same idea of, of what we want our life to look like in in that regard, I guess, like, um, yeah. Yeah. So I wrote this down and it sounds like it's even more cemented now, which is you have no anxiety about what's next. None. I feel like I am completely supported by the universe. Whatever is out there, I feel, feel good. I feel so confident. I don't know exactly how things are going to unfold, but I just know that it's going to be great and beautiful and I am supported. Throwaway garbage question. Are you on TikTok yet? No, okay, I'm not. <laughs> no, I won't do it. Um, <laughs> now, the Gather Natural nonprofit will probably end up on TikTok, but I will not be like, I I will not be, I don't want to put like my face on it. But yeah. then again, actually, that's not true because it's going to be all of our podcast videos for the nonprofit. So yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably end up on TikTok. Just ask him. Um, <laughs> and then, so one thing I really enjoyed about the second half of the episode that if people are listening to this, they listened to like three days ago. <laughs> um, you are somebody that I, how do, how do I, I'm trying to put this delicately. <laughs> you can be brutal. It's okay. No, I, that I don't, um, I don't always agree with. Yeah, for sure. But also feel like we can kind of get into that. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to like leave here and be like, fuck you. No. I mean, what would be the <laughs> I do, point of I that? I don't get that impression from you. Um, but I, I like that because we kind of did that when we talked last about uh, the news and how information is shared and where you get your sources for information yeah. and stuff like that. The only source I'm going to get my information from this election <laughs> season is House and Habit. <laughs> we don't talk about election season. That's not what this show's for. Um but I wrote a word down before you got here. Okay. And I can already sense a difference from when I talked to you six months ago. Okay. And that word is vulnerability. Okay. Because when I re-listened to our interview from six months ago, you were very defensive. And not like towards me, just like in general. Really? <laughs> uh, I was probably in that energy of, yeah, which, of completely like... Yeah. And I don't get that now. Good. And and I'm wondering, though, as I was listening to it, and I was thinking about your past and, and your upbringing, and I'm curious, what does the word vulnerability mean to you? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to, vi- like, I my initial instinct is to say that, to me, vulnerability is being deeply raw and honest yeah to me that's just the most vulnerable you can be is not lying about the truth in 
your life and your, what you experience. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like being vulnerable, I think, is just allowing yourself to be exposed in a way that invites criticism without holding yourself back. When was the last time you felt vulnerable? I mean, right now. <laughs> um, Do you feel safe right now? I feel safe, yeah. Okay. For sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important part of vulnerability. Is feeling safe? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I. Maybe I'm identifying the wrong word. Hmm. Um, I feel like I'm able to be vulnerable when I don't feel safe. I feel like I'm able and maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of vulnerability and maybe I need to look up the actual definition because in my head I'm thinking of being vulnerable as being like raw and like all bones bared. Yeah. You know, um There's a now I can't think of a maybe it's smash and grab. Uh but there's a Brené Brown writes about vulnerability oh, okay. like consistently. Uh You love her. She's great. Um I don't absorb as much content of hers as I probably should or would like to, but sure. Um, There's lots of content to absorb out there. So much, too much content. But her, her uh, take on vulnerability, and I mean, she wrote a whole fucking book, probably multiple books about it. But she talks about something that stuck out to me because I think it's what I did, and I'm wondering if you relate to it. Okay. So I'm- it's. I think she calls it smash and grab vulnerability. Okay. Where you kind of dump a lot of your trauma out to people in order to create these quick, deep bonds. Okay. Um, but because there is not this building period before you get there, sure, they're not as deeply rooted as you wish they were. And right. then you don't have those connections. And then you feel disconnected from that person. You feel like you're not getting what you wanted or what you thought you gave to them. Um, Whereas you never took the time to actually do that. And I used to, I used to do that all the time, right? Um, and then realized like, oh, it's a fucking slow burn, but I'm impatient and I need validation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder if that speaks to what you're saying with like, I can be vulnerable without feeling safe. Sure. Because do I'm you sure. use those like maybe trauma stories to try to create that connection so you feel safe? I actually don't think that I do. If okay. anyone's listening and I ha- and I do that, <laughs> please let me know. <laughs> I don't think like I think that I've gotten good or better than I used to be at not trauma dumping. Yeah. Like reading the room, essentially, yeah. you know. Um, but there's certainly an aspect to me where I am just like open book at any drop of a hat if somebody's interested. Yeah. You know, um, so it makes me wonder a bunch of, and this is most of this is like projection from how I like until the last couple of years have operated, which is, um, completely lost my train of thought, but <laughs> well, wanting people to, to, to connect with you on a deeper level because of the deep stories you share with them can sometimes create more of a barrier. And I think that, well, that, and as far as just trauma dumping goes, I'm going to tell you some like terrible shit that has either happened to me or that I've done. <laughs> so you don't have that to like maybe hold against me later. 
Like, oh, okay. I'm going to give you this stuff so you can't use it as ammunition. Gotcha. Against, so that I'm the one telling you. Yeah. Um, so it was also like a method of protection. Um, oh, definitely. While at the same time, yes, trying to be like, so are we best friends now? Yeah. Um, the last year of like doing these women's things like has really shown me that that vulnerability in those women to women like everybody is seeking that all of these women want that it's just how do we get there how do we cultivate a a culture and an environment where women feel safe with each other to get to the point where we're sharing these deep stories that we can connect on a level that is going to bring us together in this season of life because i moved so much growing up i never had a friend for a long time so the idea of having a close friend that I am intimately and emotionally close with that knows all of the parts of my life. Like my friends are growing up, like it was fragmented. Like you knew me for a season of life, right? Yeah. Um, And that's actually something that I've really thought long and hard about recently. I'm like, there are so many people that I was friends with that loved me. Like I look back and I pushed away so many people. I pushed away so many people through so many seasons of life that loved me as just a friend that wanted nothing in return for me than friendship. And I was an asshole. Skip town and run, right? Um, but how do you do that? You just like, I try to send an email out to everyone and be like, hey, <laughs> if you want to well, hash this out, I'm, I'm here. I um, want to clarify. Are you referring to little kid friends? No. Okay. Because no. I was like, it wasn't your choice to skip town. Or- <laughs> sure. I guess, I guess that was the pattern and then it, it, it became the adult pattern yeah. as well. And so I did move you... a lot as an adult. Yeah. I did. I, I, yeah. Have you been able to forgive yourself for that? I haven't thought about forgiveness. Okay. Which probably re- right now, <laughs> yeah. maybe I should. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, yeah, I, I just wonder. I know that every decision that I made came from a place of self-protection. Yeah. Every, every shitty thing I did, every fucked up thing that I did or every heart that I broke or every friend that I ghosted was my brain literally just keeping me alive. Sorry, but in that light then? I suppose I forgive myself then because I don't hate myself for it. I don't like think about it. I don't like dwell on it. Um, it like the people that have been in my life over the years crossed my mind, especially the people that I was friends with in like my early twenties, you know, after high school. Um, but is there compassion, I guess, would be a better word? Cause Deep compassion for my older self my or my younger self. Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Instead oh, of being totally. like, oh, man, I was an asshole. Like, oh, man, I was in a lot of pain. I was in so much pain. Oh, for sure. And I, I joke like, yeah. 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 No, I mean, I do the same thing. I know. <laughs> no, I think there's a deep compassion. I look back and I feel so sad for myself. I was just making decisions out of survival mode. Like, no one taught me how to be an adult. Like. Yeah. You know, I was just on the heels of childhood trauma, clawing my way through the world, trying to be a hyper-independent boss babe. (laughs) That was just, yeah. Is that just the resilience you felt like you needed morphing into, like, the the boss babe persona, as, (laughs) as you so lovely put it? Yeah, I don't know. I think I was just very much in a masculine energy of I don't need a man like I desperately wanted someone to be to choose me right of course coming off you know the life that I have had I 
So move. I I want to. I kind of want to move past the divorce. Go whatever. But I wanna you want to make sure that you get out whatever you want to get out because we I spoke six important. months ago. You talked about how like, hey, it's not out there yet. So what did is, I? How did I discuss happen. the reasons? Um. Was I was I was I was I honest and open in in the sense of it being like an emotional disconnect? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think that that's why I wrote that quote down. Found myself in motherhood, but I lost myself in okay. marriage. Yeah, for sure. Because you, yeah, you kind of talked about how it just you weren't the worst version of myself, and I yeah. thought like, what is it? Just anxiety? Is it? But after years and years of like, okay, every poem I've written about him is about how alone I feel. Yeah. And every love poem I've written is about the one that got away. It's like mm, maybe. There's something there that I've been ignoring for a long time. But so I'm going to try to put you in my position because <laughs> so you can maybe ask yourself the question that I would ask. Sure. So we sit down, we talk, you're like, hey, I'm getting divorced. Don't release this yet. Okay. Nothing's done yet. <laughs> uh, we went on this couple's retreat. We tried to save our marriage a bunch of times. It didn't work. We considered We're, a couple's retreat. We didn't end up doing it. Oh, right. We right. considered but it, it. Because it has an 80% fail rate. Yes. Or yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then we do that. And then you and me, we don't talk often. No. Um, and, then I, and then I see like, whole family moving to Florida. And I'm like, <laughs> the fuck? Oh, it's like whiplash. Um, and I was very confused. <laughs> I was confused too. Um, I imagine. And... <laughs> So walk me through, I mean, oh, with, with Justin, <laughs> what, what happened between April and whenever you moved to Florida? And we went to Florida. We went to Florida as just part of our time down there. Okay. Um, and it was just one of those things. It's like, well, we're filed for divorce. We were in Florida while we were filed, you know, um, and he had stopped the subtle cruelness, the subtle mean comments and like the things that I told him when the night I told him that I actually had filed for divorce, um, just like weeping and telling him that he's been a little bit cruel to me for years and him admitting, yes, I've had a lot of resentment towards you. And I'm like, but I've brought this behavior up to you for years and you've like not acknowledged it. So it's really driven a wedge emotionally, right? Yeah. Um, and he like stopped that. And that was like one of the big things that I at the time was using as the reason for getting divorced. I was looking like for a reason. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. he's working on it. We have kids like. And I also, like, I don't want to break my family apart. But I, at the time, it was just a series of, I suppose, justifications. Yeah. So we're in Florida together. So down there, we're removed from real life. And I had my, um, we had, like, court scheduled. It was virtual. And I just decided that I didn't want to go through with it. And I don't really know exactly why. Um, 
fear. I don't want to be a single mom. I don't want to do life alone. I don't want to manage the finances. I don't want to manage the masculine parts of what comes along with being a single parent. Yeah. I don't want that. I would like a sh- I would like a, sh- a masculine man counterpart. And I say masculine, but I'm scared. just but I'm just saying like I, I say the word masculine. I'm just saying like I there's there's the parts of being a homemaker that I really love that allows me to sink into my feminine. And the there's re- the boy parts. There's the reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's the reality of the fact that I will be having to step into the masculine in a heavily in a heavy way as a as a single parent household yeah. just because you're you don't have someone to do all of those other things right yeah. um and so that was a fear of mine too i'm like i don't but you don't leave um you don't like leave a marriage with knowing what it's what your relationship is going to look like after um and so we're in florida and things are better and he hasn't he hasn't been mean to me and he obviously this whole time is like you're not going to go through with it you're not going to go through it so i'm getting that being told to me constantly my family um i don't want to say not supportive but definitely very hesitant to be on board with my but your family all knew that you filed oh yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah um, <laughs> was there it's like nobody took me seriously everyone like it, yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Like it a was boy who cried wolf situation. Sort of maybe, um, but like, my sister is very religious, so it's very difficult for her to see my reasons for leaving and validate them. And I understand that coming from her perspective on marriage and what that actually means in yeah. the confines of her religion. So I completely respect that, and she's very supportive. She's very like she lets me talk but there's like the conversation I'm getting out of that is not what I necessarily think that I need in in the in the emotional I don't know how what I'm trying to say nobody understands like it's just like why like how could you leave because you're not fulfilled in this one area you know so just a general hesitancy to be supportive yeah I I mean First of all, it's not up to anybody else, right? No, it's not. They're not in the relationship. Nobody knows what your relationship is like but you. And I mean, I say that as a general sweeping statement for, for anybody. Everybody. Yes. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, don't throw stones and whatnot. But I'm wondering if there, and again, this is a projection of my own shit too, is there a part of you that's like, like you came from a household that divorced trauma yada 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 mm-hmm. was there a part of you that's just like fuck i don't want to do that oh yeah like i did, did it feel like even filing was it like a oh i failed history repeating itself is yeah. the is the banner the flashing lights banner in my head yeah. when i think about it however i very quickly remind myself that um, he does not have a dead bone a dead he does not have a deadbeat bone in his body. Yeah. So there's no way that history will repeat itself. There's not. Yeah. Um it sucks. Like I didn't want to be divorced, but I also like 
sort of also should have never been married to him in the first place, yeah. you know? Um, which is a terrible thing to say, but I'm just at a place where he and I have discussed it enough now, and he and I are on the same page and understanding, like, maybe there, you know, maybe there were some signs early on that we both kind of ignored for our own selfish reasons on yeah. both ends. Yeah, I think this what I was going to say too is I don't I'm, I don't want to say I, I'm not like opposed to age differences, right? Like people different ages all the time. Mm-hmm. That said, there is nobody I know that is the same person at 23 as they are at 30. But there's a lot of people I know that are the same person at 40 as they were at 30 or 32 or whatever that is. I'm going to need that sound bite. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I I offer that up because, like, I talked about I did my 21-year reunion because I'm older than you, Emily. Um, no. And I know, I look amazing. But... There were, I had some friends that were just like, I'm not going to that. Like, those guys are so fucking stupid. Like, they were holding on to so much shit from high school. Oh. And I was like, are I you the same person you were when you were 18? They're like, what? No. I was like, oh, you're not getting high and, like, sleeping on the couch? No. <laughs> um, can't you offer them the, like, benefit of the doubt that they're probably not either? And, like, you could be proven wrong, but, like, <laughs> in most likelihood, most chances, like, everyone I've met, for the most part, like there's one person. That's I was gonna say there's like, there's gotta be there's, there's gotta be a handful one. of people from my there's high school. I can exception. I have like a visual of like a handful of them who I'm like, mm, you're probably the same. But but for the most part, they probably statistically they're probably not. That's true. As um, a person, probably not. Now that Maybe doesn't some mean similar that like, they've all gone through ten years of therapy and figured out all their shit. Sure. But Evo- evolution is is bound to happen over the span of that many years and that much brain development. Yeah. People, people change. Um, and the, your twenties are a huge period of change. And I just like circling back, like I, me and Erica met both like broken, destructive people. And so we kind of got to do that together. Yeah. And we got to grow together and figure that shit out together. And I, I mean, I wouldn't be married if, I was with somebody that was like all the way past that. And they're just like fucking waiting for me to do my shit or. or... That's beautiful that you guys were able to grow together. And I hope to find a man that I'm able to do that with. That's able to access that part of himself. Yeah. You know, it's extremely important. And I think it's the lifeline to the success of a long-term relationship. Yeah. Yeah, Because if you're not growing, you're dying. Or you're just living, L-I-V-I-N. stagnant. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to completely shift gears. Totally. Go for it. <laughs> well, just to put a bow on that last part. I... So you go to Florida. Oh, yeah. Things aren't working out there still. and. Yeah, let me just finish that, and I can yeah. get to where we're at right now. Yeah. Do you want me to finish that up? Sure. Okay. So <laughs> cancel the divorce. Our house is listed in Michigan. We go under contract right away to sell that house. While we're in Florida, there's this house that pops up six doors down from our current rental house. We didn't even consider. I sent the link to um, Frank's business partner because they have been considering buying a house in Florida. And then I sent it to my mom and her husband because, you know, we talk about it. 
Um, nobody was interested. We didn't. It was not on our radar at all. We're going back to Michigan to look for houses, look for land. Um, and we looked for weeks, looked at a bunch of places, nothing. There's just nothing on the market. The market was completely stalled. And one day I just was like, I'm going to call our Florida realtor if I look at that listing up the street and it's still for sale. And it was. <laughs> and we kind of talked about it. I'm like, what if we just moved down there for like a year and purchased it as a rental house as an investment property and then come back to Michigan. Hopefully the market's turned around next year. You know, we can consider looking at land. Let's move across the country for a year. Possibly building. With two kids. With two kids, like a <laughs> fucking psychopath. <laughs> at least you acknowledge it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you have to understand that he is also extremely hands-on with the kids. Yeah. Extremely. Um, so, and he works from home for himself. So there's a flexibility there. Um, so yeah, we, the house, the house was still for sale and we called a realtor on, I think I texted her Thursday night and they did a walkthrough for us, like a virtual walkthrough, which is how we bought our other house down there. And, uh, by Saturday night we were under contract. <laughs> so if that tells you anything, it was very... But it felt so right, like even discussing with him now about how it all played out, it just, nothing was, nothing was right in Michigan, nothing. Yeah. And this house is six doors down from our other house. And so now we have people, we can have guests come down and stay at the rental. So you're keeping both houses. Yeah. I don't know. I go back and forth. Like He's like, you're so crazy for making us move to Florida. I'm like, you made 100% of the decisions with me. So I get it being inconvenient, but I also was going down there with the hope that like we would really be able to focus on our marriage yeah. and connect on a deeper level, um, which was foolish because every step of the way from the wedding to the baby, I thought that things would change. I thought the way that I felt would change. I thought that it would click. Taking I thought the same people to a different location doesn't change the people. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just was very much wearing on me. I felt extremely. I won't. I want. I want to say that I felt extremely isolated and alone. But it was the same loneliness. I very quickly in Florida realized that we would not be staying married. It was very much like this is. Not gonna work. Yeah. It's just not. And I think that there was a death that happened, an energetic door closing that happened when I flew home in September for the motherhood meetup that I had hosted. Um, the week before that, we had discussed our settlement. We had agreed on what we were going to separate with, um, and we had our time frame figured out. And something just changed that weekend. Um, and when I got back, it was very much, we're doing this. So, yeah. 
wild. That's where we're at. And now we're home for the month, staying with my in-laws. If we weren't already going for a divorce, that would have catapulted us right there. So you <laughs> are, di- you're divorced almost. I <laughs> would, like the I decision's like, been made. Yeah. Like <laughs> I feel like I have been energetically divorced from him and he, yeah, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm done. Like I've, I'm so, I've been checked out. Everybody knows. All of our friends know he's on Bumble. But you're still staying at your in-laws. Yeah. How's that? It's it's like all of all of my parenting is under a microscope, and it's not good enough. It's it's there are nice people. Yeah. Um, she is particularly passive aggressive, and I don't know if she realizes it or not, but it's very hurtful constantly. Yeah. Um, but I just deal with it, right? Because. It is what it is. <clears throat> um, and she means well. She's an excellent grandma. She's a great host. There's just um, – and they didn't know we were getting divorced until the day before Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, You're like, happy holidays. <laughs> basically, yeah. Well, I didn't want to go to – yeah, I, I didn't want to – I didn't want to go to all the things and there would just be like – yeah. So staying with them and – really being a hundred percent triggered all of the time because it's his parents yeah. and so the behaviors in him that are so triggering to me he got them from someone and so now there's like th- three people i mean his mom and dad are pretty different but um there's just it's just triggering and mostly because i feel like they hate how we parent. That is really the root of it. I think that they think we're terrible parents. I think that they think we don't discipline enough, which maybe we don't discipline enough. I'm having a really hard time with my oldest son. <clears throat> it is kicking my fucking ass. It's two and a half now. He's three and it's a half three. almost. Three and a half. <clears throat> He's turned oh. three in August. Hold on. But yeah, just feeling like my parenting is under a microscope. I think anybody staying with anybody that has children just staying with any other person, whether or not it's your in-laws for an extended period of time is going to take a toll because the way that you manage your life in your own home and the way that you handle your children and those, the little things like the little negotiations you do with them, the little tiny things, you know, it's just, everything is under a watchful eye when you're staying with someone else. It, and it's, um, it's been tough. It could be so much worse though. Like they are, it is a warm and loving home. It yeah. is it is peaceful there. It is they care. They really do. Um but it's going how you would expect it to go, living <laughs> with your in laws for a month that you're actively divorcing their son. So Yeah. Well, scenario we've all been in. Um totally common <laughs> and normal. Uh okay, I'm gonna shift Totally shift, yeah. Entirely. You mentioned this as a back burner option that you were wanting to do um, in the previous episode, which is a podcast, and now you are here, you are in a studio, fuck off, um, <laughs> recording a podcast. <laughs> Tell me about that, what is it, how did it start, when are you releasing it, okay. what's the haps? So basically the Gather Natural podcast, we decided that's how we're gonna introduce the nonprofit. And who's so we? My, so, 
When I spoke about Gather Natural before, I was still doing. I didn't. I hadn't launched my website yet. No, you'd bought it, but I bought it. Okay. We were deciding whether or not it was going to be hyphenated or not. <laughs> oh, cool. So you didn't. So I didn't really talk about. I don't know what I talked. I the the word Gather Natural came to me in like 2018. Yeah. And it was like it came to me and it was like gather your mind, gather your friends, gather your food. Very much like um, in a very umbrella. I didn't do anything with it. I didn't start doing anything with the Instagram account until I started hosting the motherhood meetups. And then over the winter when I was like, I'm getting divorced, I probably should buckle down on this affiliate stuff so that I can make some of my own income. I don't give a shit about that stuff at all. Like I have tried doing the influencer thing. Like I dabble, but it's, it what I don't want to be like an authority in the, health education space took it for a spin but (laughs) i um didn't really do much with that but then i've always had this nonprofit in the back of my mind and i'm like i'm just gonna that's the per it's gather natural community it's like it was like light bulbs went off i'm like duh just no one gives a shit gather natural is not even a real brand no one's gonna know except the handful of people you know what i mean so um Gather Natural Community was born. I filed for the nonprofit. Um, and the idea behind it is our mission is to revive the spirit of the village. Um, and it was born out of these motherhood meetups I was hosting and these postpartum meal trains I was organizing. And <clears throat> there's so much there that will be discussed in the podcast. But we decided... So I flew home for the mother, the mastermind, to introduce the nonprofit to this group of women that I had had been were in the same circles, you know. And this girl Kelsey and I, we just really clicked. She is an LMSW. Okay. Yep. She um, had been thinking of these workshops for moms. And so it was sort of a meeting of the minds. I was basically spelling out my vision for Gather Natural, the nonprofit. And we had like a four-hour conversation. It wasn't just her, though. There was, I think, five people there. Um, But she was like, let's side note and have a conversation after this group convo. And it turns out that she has been working on this donation-based – she was working on a donation-based, like, workshop because – the contract that she has where she's a counselor or a therapist is very, 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 very restrictive. And from my understanding, she has extreme limitations on even creating her own personal website for therapy stuff to like brand herself elsewhere. Oh, because she works at a clinic. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. So, and she was like, basically, she, it, it was basically just like her idea was like, really a good puzzle piece in addition to what I had been dreaming up for Gather Natural community. So we talked more and there's um, Kelsey and Madeline are like my two board members that I have. And Madeline is my brand manager. She graduated from state last year. I think she has her bachelor's in advertising. Um, (laughs) And Kelsey and I really are just bringing this to life with Madeline. And, and we, we are so excited to bring other people in with us. But the last couple months, we've sort of been trying to get the backbones of it all figured out before we overwhelm people with hmm. choppy stuff. So 
All of that to say, to bring it full circle back to the podcast, we decided that launching a podcast as an introduction to Gather Natural was the wisest way to get the message out there because there's so much to it. So doing a seven-episode season where we're introducing what Gather Natural is, a couple episodes about what to expect in terms of like – so there's an episode on – the fourth trimester there's an episode on postpartum meal trains there's an episode on what is the the first episode is like what is the village what is that what does it mean how you know what i mean um right and assuming it's a play on the words like it takes a village yeah absolutely reviving the spirit of the village in a way that is accessible to mothers in the modern world because we're not going to all move to a commune yeah that's a great idea but it's not realistic for the majority idea when we talked i love that idea i would love to do it but but to make that replicatable to to serve mothers in this season of life it's not realistic. So yeah. how do we make this realistic? How do we take, you know, our brain power and come together in a way that we are encouraging hands-on help find your tribe in real life? You know, we don't need another Facebook group. Yeah. We need women who are going to say, come to my house um, on Tuesday mornings when my house is destroyed and you watch my kids for a couple hours so I can catch up on my life. And then I come to your house on, tu- on Thursdays. And you know what I mean? Like cultivating that community and that type of environment is so necessary. And that is 100% what my heart's mission is to, 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 to bring this to life. So yeah, it'll be seven episodes. The first episode will air the first week in January and it'll be weekly episodes. Yay. How many have you recorded? Um, the intro and episode one, and then we're back on Saturday. We'll all we'll, all of them will be recorded before I go back to Florida because yeah. we're using that studio. So yeah. um, making the podcast, yeah. Obviously, it's all because of my advice. I it's know all it's all because of your advice. Well, I'm actually not even doing any of the editing. <laughs> I hired out. Nor should you. I don't recommend it. I do all my editing, and I would never tell anyone to do it because it's it's the probably so much work. Ask. I can't imagine. So yeah. I found this guy. Um, he's out of London, and he's awesome. It's basically full service podcast launching service and you just send him the raw files and then yeah. everything's done so i'm looking forward hopefully hopefully yes. it turns out good I, I i re-listened to the first episode yesterday and i hate it <laughs> i'm like so hypercritical of it i'm like oh my god but probably uh, normal. yeah I, I mean that to some degree i think is just going to happen regardless sure <laughs> it's scary to put yourself out there yeah so and then you're transitioning back to Michigan. Yeah. I'm trying to convince him to go back after after um, Christmas and immediately just turn it into a rental and then try and find rentals up here. Because I'm like, it's daunting to think about being in Florida for that many more months with just us and the kids. Yeah. My oldest son needs his buddies. He needs play. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people to play with in Florida. They're all very old. <laughs> no one's ever at the park. So they are, but they're feeding the pigeons. They're feeding exactly. I know. Yeah. Sunspots and everything. Uh-huh. Uh, Amen. Well, you got a lot. You got a lot happening. So much happening. Definitely. Well, thanks for coming back over here. Of course. I'm glad to provide some clarity. <laughs> Lots of questions. I know clarity, that. Maybe even some more confusion. Probably um. more confusion. <laughs> per- perhaps most likely more confusion. Yeah. That's typically the that's typically the um the vibe after. I will tell so you much. what I like 
the most about this and you're here the only person that's been on this technically three <laughs> times um but i look at this because i was on this podcast somewhere right here um and who interviewed I, you four people oh cool yeah uh there was four people that had asked like, when are you going to get behind the megaphone? And then I was like, okay. So I let those four people interview me and then I cut it up. Um, but all that to say, when I listen to it, it's how I feel about things at that moment. Oh yeah. And I do an annual alcohol episode on the anniversary of my sobriety. Okay. And I, my feelings about that change every year. So what I really like about it is there's, I think people, because it does live out there forever. (laughs) You want to jump in so bad. But I think people um, assume it's just like, this is what I said, and this is how I'm always going to think, and this is is my life now. But it's just this little, like, slice of who this person is at this moment in time and how they feel about things. Mm -hmm. And I like that your story is a perfect example of that Mm -hmm. and i get to show that in the three sections yeah so thanks for that oh of course (laughs) it's also the reason why i've never ever tried to intentionally put myself out there on the internet in a way that's permanent like i I used to delete my twitter i deleted my you know i never wanted a permanent internet presence because in my mind me not being the same person that I was six months ago or me feeling differently about something that I did six months ago makes me feel like um, a fraud or a liar or a inauthentic or, or not consistent, I guess. There's yeah. like a – there's a hesitancy there to allow myself to show evolution. Yeah. Well, and I get the – I get the hesitance to some degree because – Sometimes, and this is something we talked about when we got, I don't even want to say heated. It wasn't heated. But when we got into shit last time, though, um, is how you talk about stuff, right? Because if you talk about stuff with severity and like bordering on being an asshole, and then you change your mind about that later, that is a hard thing to look back at. Well, people are also (laughs) going to remember you being the asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, And so that I get that. And that's why I try to not, me personally, like I try to not approach things in that matter anymore. And I'm sure you can scroll back on my Twitter. I've like, you won't find the racist shit or anything, but <laughs> you will yeah. definitely find me like calling somebody an asshole or acting yeah. like an asshole or something like that. Uh, but the thing I wrote down is the I'm right, you're wrong isn't how to have those conversations is what you said you'd learned in in that yeah so i i do want to touch on that because it is very relevant to the nonprofit stuff and mm-hmm. my friend kelsey who is a th- therapist yeah. she really influenced me in taking a step back and putting more perspective into how i come off online just in how i'm sharing things the tone of voice the the overall how is this going to be received um and it's interesting, I before I even dreamt up like the nonprofit, I used to think I, I told her, I've told her this. I'm I, I consider her like the the mother of therapy. Or the oh no, the mother of mental health, sorry. The mother of mental health. And 
my aggressive approach in how I come off, especially on like my old personal page and like the last couple of years of intense topics. Yeah. Um, I hated how that felt and especially transitioning to the, the gather natural page or whatever. Um, having that, that, what word am I looking for? Being able to recognize that how I say things makes a difference and I don't want to be an asshole. I don't want to shame people. I don't want to present information in a way that is making you feel less than. And it is so deeply entwined in what I'm doing with the nonprofit and that that's why I'm at a point where I'm ready to put myself out there as a person because I feel healed enough to recognize that and to say, I want to make sure that people who are connecting with me feel a warmth and a light and feel not judged for anything that they do. Yeah. That's great. That's so. a wonderful goal to have. Yeah. More people should have that goal. Yeah. I think there's a very, there's a, there's an aspect of like, like being, a, having that, like that tough exterior, like I am yeah. who I am and I don't care. That well, comes so, from a place of. That's why I mentioned defensiveness, right? That's it. Yeah. That's, and I would like knowing what I know about your past, it makes sense. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Um, and that that's the whole reason I brought that up is because... Yeah, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Well, all right then. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now we're going to really end it. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> you and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be...